Well, we want to welcome you here. So good to have you joining us at Equippers. But it is good to be together for church. And uh, uh, really, you know, third Sunday of January. Uh, and I pray you had a great summer so far. I uh, hope you've been enjoying the sun. Me personally, my skin seems to have a love-hate relationship with the sun. Uh, it's a bit of pasty pasty people problems. Uh, I love the sun, uh, but my skin hates me for going in the sun. But anyway, that's the fun of summer. But I pray you've been enjoying summer. I pray over the season uh, that God's been refreshing your spirit, been stirring your faith, downloading dreams, revelation for the year ahead. Uh, we are in for a great year. Uh, we're believing for full access and that God's going to do great things. But today, really, I just want to kind of preach around just the idea of faith uh, or holding on to faith. But one thing I've probably uh, come to realize that when it comes to faith, there's a few different ways we can talk about it, think about it. Uh, but really heading into the rest of this year, uh, just going, you know, I don't want to just have big momentary faith, that actually I want to develop the muscle of consistent faith, that actually we can have big faith moments uh, but then there's also another side to faith where it says, you know what, I just want to be someone who can live in a constant place of belief in God, belief in what God is doing. And uh, sometimes I think we over uh, or we underestimate the, the faith that's needed to just be consistent in our obedience towards what God's calling us to, what we're believing for. And, uh, you know, we hear scriptures around the Bible, you know, don't lose heart in doing good because in due time uh, you'll reap a reward or, you know, even Hebrews Hebrews 12 verse 3, kind of the end of that scripture, you know, is just that, 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 that encouragement or command from the writers say, hey, hey, that, that we need to not grow weary or don't grow weary uh, and lose heart, lose heart in the things of God, lose heart in what God's doing. And sometimes we can just uh, hear messages or scriptures that are like, hey, don't lose heart. Sometimes you can just sound like that coach, you know, who's just like, come on, you can keep going. And uh, why that's good for a season, what I love about the writer of Hebrews in, in chapter 12, what, what they do is they don't just encourage us not to lose heart. They actually give us, I believe, a few things before the scripture uh, in Hebrews 12, 3, that actually uh, help us uh, to develop a lifestyle or develop some habits and ways of thinking that are going to actually enable us to, to step into or outlive this thing, not just as a commandment not to lose heart, but hey, here are some things that are going to enable you to make sure you don't grow weary in, and you don't lose your faith or you don't lose that passion or you don't lose that, that edge as you head into 2021. I don't know about you. Uh, I know there's many of us that have already, uh, we set New Year's resolutions uh, at the start of the year and three weeks in, they're already gone out the window. Uh, the good news is there's always 2022. Uh, but what I really want to pray is that we don't just have a momentary sense of, oh, because I've been on holiday, I feel refreshed and ready to go. That's great. But how do we sustain the passion how do we sustain this, this direction of our life so we can make sure, man, 2021 
that we see God do significant things, but that we experience through our own lives God working and God's hand on what we're doing. And uh, really, uh, Hebrews 12 verse 1, we're going to jump in there to start. Really, the, the writer there opens up this passage and says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, uh, the, the, the writer here at the very beginning, so verse 3 is where we find uh, the scripture that says, Consider uh, him who endured uh, such oppositions for, from sinners so that you, do, that you will not grow weary and lose heart. So that's where verse 3 wraps up. But verse 1 starts by saying, Therefore, since you are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, Hebrews 12 opens with the, hey, we're about to get into talking about not growing weary. The first thing we need to consider is consider this. You are surrounded. You are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. There's people that have gone before you. There's people that are coming behind you. There's people all around you. You are surrounded by people. I don't know about you. It's one thing to have uh, a faith for yourself, but there's something encouraging knowing that there is a community, there is a body of people, there is a, 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 a an army of people that have gone before me. There's people that a generation coming behind me, and there's also people right next to me that together are saying, "Hey, we are surrounded with people or a great cloud of witnesses that have faith." You know, the thing about 2021, we're not just carrying faith ourselves. Come on, together. There's something that inspires faith to go further when you have a sense of together. Come on, let's do this together. Come on, working out is always is always harder when you do it with friends, not harder in terms of harder for you, but you, you work harder. You push yourself harder. You go further when you're doing it with other people because there's something about the community that encourages encourages us to say, no, you know what? We can do this. Come on, we can do this. I'll say from the outset of 2021, come on, we got to make sure we're surrounding our life with people of faith. We're surrounding our world. We're considering those who have walked before us. We're considering those who are around us. We're considering the generation coming through and say, come on, we can do this. Come on, we can take a greater step of faith. Why? Because I'm not just doing it with me and God. I'm actually doing it with the community. But Hebrews 12 says, therefore, what, 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 what uh, Hebrews 12 is doing is it's picking up on the back of Hebrews 11. Now, for those who know uh, the book of Hebrews, uh, Hebrews 11 is known as, as really the passage of faith. What the writer of Hebrews is doing is uh, going through and just highlight. It's like almost as you read it, I, I read it like it's an exhortation of faith. It's 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 telling the testimony of some of the our forefathers in the faith of of come on what they did by faith. It's this great encouragement. You read Hebrews eleven. I won't read it out, but you just go through, and th- these are some of the moments that the writer in Hebrews is trying to exhort us in faith with. Uh, you know, it starts by saying that you know and. and and, and it opens in, in Hebrews 11 by talking about that we understand the universe uh, was formed by God's command. Uh, it goes on to say, by faith, Abel brought a better offering than Cain did. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life, so he did not experience death. By faith, Noah, when he was warned, 
uh, about things not yet seen. Uh, in holy fear, he built an ark to save his family. So it's about by faith, Abraham, uh, when he was called to go into a place uh, that he would later receive his inheritance, he obeyed and went, even though he didn't know where he was going. By faith, he made a home there. By faith, Sarah, his wife, who was past childbearing age, bore had a child. Uh, goes on, by faith, Abraham was tested by God and offered Isaac, his son, as a sacrifice. Goes on, by faith, Joseph, when he was near uh, the end of his life, he spoke about the exodus uh, of the Israelites from Egypt and gave instructions on how to bury his bones. Then by faith, uh, Moses' parents um, for three months uh, g- gave him up uh, when he was three months after he was born uh, because they believed there was something on Moses' life. By faith, uh, then uh, Moses left Egypt uh, fearing the king's anger, but God took him out to preserve him. Uh, then by faith, uh, it talks about how uh, the Israelites passed through the Red Sea, uh, and although that the Egyptians tried to follow them, uh, that they were destroyed. Uh, it talks about how by faith the walls of Jericho fell as the people of God marched around it and shouted. Uh, then and it goes on and says, by faith, uh, the, the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, the people of God, she was not killed because of those who were disobedient. And you just start to understand in Hebrews 11, the writers trying to get us to be in this place of, come on, by faith. Come on, listen to the stories of these guys. By faith, let's see what they did. By faith, let's see what God activated. And then in verse 32, it kind of ramps up and it just says, and what more shall I say? I do not have time to even go on about Gideon, Samson, David, Samuel, the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administrated justice, and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, who quenched the fury of the flames, who escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned into strength, and who became powerful in battle. Uh, Woman received they're dead, raised to life again. And you get this picture in Hebrews 11 of this exhortation. Come on, by faith, we can do this. Come on, listen to what God has done. Listen to all that has gone on. Come on, it's by faith. And then we find ourselves back at Hebrews 12 in the opening of the scripture. It says, hey, since therefore, because of all, as we consider all these incredible moves of faith, This is what you need to do in order to not grow weary. This is what I encourage you to take hold of. Therefore, considering this great faith that we're surrounded by, the, the writer of Hebrews then goes on to give us some things. Hey, with this faith, this is what we need to do. And first it says, therefore, like I said, since we're surrounded by this great cloud of witnesses, Hebrews 12 verse 1 says, first thing it says is, let us throw off everything that hinders and sin that so easily entangles us. Let us throw off, let us throw off what hinders us and the sin that entangles us. You know, it's interesting that after this great exhortation of faith, the first thing the writer is kind of directing us on the back of that, that passage is saying, hey, hey, considering all this, considering the faith we have, come on, first thing you need to do is have faith to throw off what hinders you. 
Well, not have faith to just take a big step out here, but have faith to make some big shifts in here. I, in 2021, I, I want to live a life that, that's not just making big steps on how I can have an impact out, over here. I actually got to have faith to make some big shifts on what's going on in here. Because as I shift what's in here, God can greater use me to have an impact out here. That actually, it, it takes faith to take big steps of risk, but it actually takes faith to have, be humble enough to go, you know what? I need to throw off some things that hinder me. It's interesting that the writer says, throw off some things that hinder you and the sin that so easily entangles you. That actually there's some things that hinder us that aren't sin. Obviously, you know, for those who are watching who are believers in Christ, we realize that that sin wants to try and entrap us. It wants to try and enslave us. It wants to try and hinder us. But there's also a distinction that the things that hinder you and the sin. So there's some things that hinder us that might not be necessarily seen to us as being sin. Now, we understand sin is probably a bigger concept than what we grapple. It's not just the bad things I do. It's the good things I know I should do but choose not to do. So there is some things that that we probably don't categorize as sin that God's saying, hey, we also need to throw these things off. Things like, hey, that shyness that has been holding you back. Let's believe this year that you have faith to throw that off, to actually deal with the, the insecurities that are going on in your world. Let's have faith that those insecurities in your life that you've learned to live with Let's have faith this year that there can come a shift in that space. Hey, let, let's have faith this year that that hurt, that, that, that is so real, that that hurt in your world. Come on, let's have faith that this year, faith to find healing in that spot, that hurt that is, has caused you to get into a cycle, that, that hurt that's tried to hinder you. Come on, let's have faith this year that those areas of unforgiveness, that we haven't yet found the ability to find faith to forgive in. Come on, let's, find, let, let's have faith this year that you can deal, come on, with those things that are trying to hinder you, that disappointment. We all know 2020 wasn't the greatest year for many. God did some incredible things amongst 2020. But let's have faith, come on, even in those areas of disappointment that try and hinder. Come on, let's have faith to go again. Let's have faith. And so the first thing the writer of Hebrews is instructing us, if we want to be people who don't grow weary, who don't grow tired as the year unfolds in pursuing what God has for us, first thing he's saying, hey, with faith, let's deal with those things that hinder us. Come on, those areas in our life that might not necessarily be sin, but they are areas that, that are holding us back from stepping out, from taking risks, from moving into what God has for us. One the thing, and then it talks about and the sin that so easily entangles us. You know, now I believe there's actually some sin. It really takes faith for you to conquer. Because I know for some people, especially when there's been repetitive sin, it's just like, oh, you know, I once had faith I could break through in this area, but for some reason, it's just an area of weakness for me. I really pray that this year is the year you find faith to break through. Come on, the sin that so easily entangles us. It's not just talking about any sin. Hey, that sin that maybe you've lost faith that you could conquer. Maybe you lost faith that you could find freedom in that area. I really believe that this year can be a year that with faith we throw off what hinders us, 
but we have also got faith that we can find freedom in the areas that have tried to entrap us. Those areas of sin, the things that 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 so easily get hold of us. So the writer of Hebrews in uh, chapter 12, uh, verse 1, opens by saying, come on, we need faith. But what do we need faith for? We need faith to throw off what hinders. We need faith to deal with the sin. Faith that we can find freedom in Christ. We know we're freed from the penalty of it, but freedom from the power it has over us. And then he goes on to say, hey, and instructs, uh, the, the, the verse goes on and says, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. So we got, let's deal with the hindrance. Let's deal with the sin. Hey, and now let's persevere. Consider this great cloud of witnesses and just consider, come on, we can persevere in this thing. The thing about perseverance is you never have to persevere through good times. You're never like, man, life is just so awesome. I'm just really persevering in this season. Now, you, you encourage someone with words like perseverance and endurance when it's like, come on, we know there's something ahead of us. We just got to keep on moving forward in it. But that ability to understand that actually takes faith to keep consistent. Uh, like for me, I, w- I, was, I was never a good sprinter in school. I, w- I was always quite slow. Uh, the way my body's made up, I'm more built for, I was always good at con- cross country. Why? Because I wasn't the fastest off the mark, but I, I did know how to set a pace. Whereas I had friends who were fast off the mark, but they didn't know how to understand the endurance and the pace needed to achieve what God has for us. God hasn't just got us here to be a flash in the pan, here today, gone tomorrow. God actually is here so that we might live a life of faith, a life of growth, a life of impact, a life of developing our journey with Him. But within that, we need to learn to be a people that knows what it's mean, that actually sometimes it takes faith to just get consistency. Faith, you know, there's people that can be high in a moment and low the next, but there's something powerful about a person that knows how to just have a consistent faith. In all seasons, in all circumstances, I know what it means to praise God. I don't praise Him for every season and for every circumstance, but I praise Him in every season and in every circumstance. Not everything that happens to us. It's not like, oh, I praise God for all these bad things, but I can learn how to praise God amongst those things that are trying to come against my life. And I really got a sense that this year, for some of us, it's the faith to throw off what hinders. For some of us, it's the faith to break through in that sin. For some of us, it's just, you know what, this year i got faith to be consistent. I'm going to be consistent in my witnessing. I'm going to be consistent in my serving. I'm going to be consistent in my faith. I'm going to be someone who walks together consistent. Consistency needs people around you to encourage you, people next to you to keep pushing you forward. And so he says, run with perseverance. But what are we running with perseverance? We're running the race that's marked out for us. Run the race that's marked out for you. There's no point in trying to pursue in what God has for someone else. But this year, actually going, God, what's the, what's the race you have marked out for, for me? 
for me. And you know, I, I, there, there's times where God will mark out a race for us that won't always make sense to us. That's why it takes faith to ra- run the race God has for me. Because sometimes I'd rather run the race I have for me. I, I look at the, the impact I want to have. I look at the life I want to live. And, and I can go with, with logic and with, with, with my strength, go, hey, I want to run this race. But the writer here is saying, hey, run the race God has for you. And the thing I've come to realize about the race God has for you and what the race for 2021 that God has for me, God has for you, God has for us, is sometimes the race, the, the, the path he marks out doesn't always make sense in the direction we want to head. But it takes faith to say, you know what, I'm going to pursue what God is saying. You know, there's a, a, a moment in Scripture, actually a story I love. It's found in 1 Samuel uh, chapter 20. Now, here's a moment where you have Jonathan and David. Now, Jonathan and David were good friends, uh, but Jonathan's dad, Saul, who was the king at the time, wanted to kill David. You ever had a friend growing up? I remember doing, having, having friends growing up that your parents just really didn't like. You better stay away from those kids. You know, it's, 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 David was that. David was not because of what who David was, but because of where Saul was at. Saul was threatened by the life of David. So Saul wanted to kill David. So you had Jonathan, Saul's son, who became best friends with David. Now, there's a dinner happening uh, that, that, that uh, is going on. And uh, Jonathan and, and, and David are trying to, trying to work out whether, whether the Saul is trying to get David there to kill him or not. And so uh, just a casual conversation with your friend, hey, is your dad trying to kill me? Uh, and so they're in this place. And anyway, they devise a plan uh, where David stays out in the field and Jonathan goes to dinner. Uh, to discover whether Saul's serious about trying to kill David. Uh, And then Jonathan says to David, I hope you're staying with me on this one, Jonathan says to David, how long I'll send you a message is we'll come out to the field and I'll get one of my servants to shoot an arrow. If he goes to collect the arrow and I say, hey, the arrow's further, go further, that's a sign I'm yelling out to you to say, hey, run, dad's trying to kill you. But if I say, hey, come closer, the, the arrow is closer, that's a sign that says, hey, you're safe, you, you, you're safe here. And so this happens, and then Jonathan goes to the dinner to realize that his dad does want to kill David. And so in 1 Samuel verse 20, verse 37, Jonathan's taken uh, his servant out, and his servant shoots the, uh, Jonathan shoots the arrow and sends his servant to go collect the arrow. And it says, when the boy, in verse 37, when the boy came to the place where Jonathan's arrow had fallen, Jonathan called out after him, isn't the arrow beyond you? Then he shouted, hurry, go quick, don't stop. The boy picked up the arrow and returned it to his master. And then I find this, in verse 39, it says, the boy knew nothing about all of this, only Jonathan and David knew. Then Jonathan gave his weapons to the boy and said, go carry them back to town. And the reason I read this story or tell you the story before we wrap up here today 
is is I, I find this interesting because the fact that this this boy was used as a messenger to send a message he knew nothing about. I can just imagine if I was the servant. You got you're you're there with Jonathan. Jonathan, get you up in the morning. All right, I better go serve my master. We go out to this field. Jonathan shoots an arrow into the field randomly. Goes, hey, can you go collect the arrow? So the servant boy walks out into the field like, oh, why am I collecting this arrow? Picks up the arrow. Why he's almost about to pick up the arrow, the Jonathan yells at me, hey, go further and hurry up. I can imagine being that servant boy, you'd be like, what's the big deal? What is even going on here? Picks up the arrow, brings it back to Jonathan. Jonathan says, hey, you know what? Here, here can you take the, the bow? Can you take the arrows and go home? I can imagine as I was walking home, if I was that servant boy, I'd be going, man, what? What's all this about? Like, what's going on here? Get me out of bed in the early, yell at me to hurry up, tell me to go home now. But not realizing that his life and his obedience was being used to send a message to somebody that he knew nothing about. That actually that message was sending a message to David to save the life of David. That Jonathan was using a servant to save a life, but the role of the servant was just to be obedient to the master. That actually he probably doesn't even know the impact or even become to know the impact that he had. But it's not, it wasn't his job to know why he was doing it. It was his job to just be obedient to what his master had laid out before him. I find this like me in my walk with God. It's like my job isn't always to know what God's trying to do. Or to know why God's getting me to do this. My job is just to, by faith, be obedient. Well, if God's asking me to do this, it might just feel like I'm picking up random arrows in a field. But if God's asking me to do this, by faith, I know God's doing something with it. It's not my job to know exactly the plans of God. But it is my job to be obedient by faith and consistent and letting go of the things that hinder me, the sin that's trying to stop me, and to persevere with a faith that says, you know what, God, I don't want to follow any plan. I want to follow your plan. And if this year it seems simple, God, I'm just going to do that. You know, I think about my life. My life got radically changed at a camp as a 16-year-old that I never even really told anyone about besides just a small crew that went up to this random camp. But there would have been guys setting up speakers, planning camps, planning all this, doing it, that have no idea that just even the, all the production team, I'm sure there was guys moaning, why are we up so early trying to set up these speakers for these annoying teenagers? But no idea just these simple acts was creating an atmosphere that was impacting my life, that, 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 that God, God got hold of my heart in a way like never before. Changed my world. They had no idea what it did for me, let alone everyone else in that room. But it's not always our job to know the impact. It's our job to just be obedient in what God's calling us to, be obedient in what God's asking us to step into, and trust that God's going to use it. I love the fact now I've got friends that now reach out to me. I've had a couple of them now that 
that in high school they didn't believe in God or anything. And friends, I tried to get engaged in youth and different things in church and 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 they came along here and there, but never really connected with God. I remember leaving disappointed. But now, a number of years later, as life's gone on and people have developed their journey, a few times now guys have got to a point where they're like, you know what, there was something real about what we went to all those years ago. And who have searched up churches and got engaged and then got their life baptized and and got on the mission of God. And then I remember thinking as a teenager, man, so discouraged. But I had no idea. Actually, one of them reached out to me one day and just sent me a text and said, hey, life got in a pretty bad state. You know, I was thinking about what you used to talk about at school with me now and again and those events you took me to and realized, man, there must be something real about that. And now as a 30-year-old has made a decision to get his life right with Jesus for the first time and engage in the mission of what God has for them. It's crazy as a, as a teenager, I was just like, oh God, what are you doing? I thought there was some great plan, but I had no idea that God was using me as a teenager to affect the life of somebody in their 20s. That actually sometimes we don't always see the impact. And so we can be discouraged and disheartened. But it's not my job to determine the impact God has through my life. It's my job to be obedient and taking the steps of faith that God's calling me to take. What is it that God's asking you to do? Come on, what's the race that God's marked out for you? Come on, it might be simple, and at times it might just be mundane. But God can move through some of that stuff. The way you show up to work, God might not have you in that job to promote you to be the the biggest influencer in that space. God might have you in that job to be an example. So as you just go through picking up arrows, doing what God's asking you to do, living how God's asking you to live, your life can send a message that might save the life of other people. I just really got faith today that heading into 2021, come on, this year, what are the arrows God's sending you to go collect? The thing God's asking you to just say, hey, can you go out there and do this for me? I might not know in the, the impact, but I trust God's going to do something great. So Hebrews, Hebrews 12 goes, opens there, run the race marked out for you. And then just as we finish in verse 2, it says, eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such great opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. I declare that this year, come on, as we throw off what hinders, as we deal those areas that are, that are entangling us, as we get a perseverance and we take steps of faith, come on, we can see God do great things. But the writer of the Hebrews just ends that kind of little passage before he says, don't grow weary by saying, hey, but remember the key to it all, keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. Don't just glance at Jesus, fixate on Jesus. Don't just have Jesus around you. Don't just be aware of God. Come on, fixate on Jesus. Get fixated on Jesus, the author, perfecter of our faith. Come on, and that's what's going to empower us. And just as we finish, I'd love to pray. Well, maybe wherever you are, you want to close your eyes. God, I pray that this year, Lord, that with faith in our heart and our eyes fixed on you, for those watching right now, of areas they know that are hindering them. 
God, I pray right now you deposit the faith for them to deal with those things. Lord, for those things that are trying to entangle us. I pray right now, Lord, you'd even deposit the faith, come on, for people to break through. Lord, I pray that you'd give us a perseverance, but God, that we'd have the faith to run the race marked out for us. And God, our commitment this year is we're going to keep our eyes fixed on you. And as we do so, God, we know you will sustain us. You will fill us. We won't grow weary. We won't grow tired. But God, we're going to keep our eyes fixated on you. In Jesus' name, amen.